0: Welcome to the Carrot Gal Sister Chats podcast, where we chat all about gardening and self-sufficiency. We are Jackie and Laura, two sisters who live in Utah and Idaho, and who love to talk about self-sufficiency skills. We're glad you're here. Come learn along with us.
1: Hey, Laura, how are you today? Hey, how are you? Doing super good. I'm excited to get started busy talking about some good topics what are we talking about today fun um so I thought we'd start with
0: elderberries today and talk about that
1: uh okay elderberries are such a fun topic to discuss um if you guys don't know what elderberries are just do a quick little google search right now as you're listening um elderberries are this really tiny little blackberry not like the <laughs> that's a, it's a berry that is the color like dark black um, that you can find in growing in lots of different places. Um, some people cultivate them in their backyards. Other people go actually harvest them in the wild. Where I live, there's a canyon like five minutes away from me. And in the fall, there are elderberry bushes all over the place, literally all over the place. And you can go and find elderberries everywhere. But um, let's talk about what elderberry is. What does it do for us? How does it help us? Why are we even talking about elderberries today? Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of elderberries. If you've been in a health food store in the last couple of years, you've probably seen products with the word elderberry on it, but that doesn't mean that you know what it is. So let's talk about it. Um, Laura, do you want to walk us through what the elderberry is, or do you want me to talk about that? Uh, go ahead. Okay. So super fun. So the elderberry, uh, bush from, I just did a quick little research before we jumped on and, um, I learned that the elderberry plant is actually native to Europe, but apparently like a lot of plants, it can grow in a lot of different places and it doesn't grow into like a tree. It truly is like a bush. And it, um, when I've seen them growing in people's yards or in the wild, they don't, they don't like take over the space. They probably take up maybe three to four feet in width or diameter and they can grow upwards of probably six to eight-ish feet, um, but they kind of stay contained. I think they continually grow new shoots out on the side, but they kind of stay in this their own little space, unlike other plants, right? They just kind of take over and are a little bit more invasive. Um, anyway, so lots of fun things about the elderberry, um, elderberry plant, I should say. Um, in the springtime, the it okay, how the plant grows is like, obviously it has branches and bush it like branch leaves or branch stalks is what I meant. And it grows little leaves on it. That remind me of like an apricot tree, kind of a leaf or a peach tree. It's kind of like a triangle shaped leaf. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the springtime you start seeing like this whole entire flat space start producing um, in a certain patch on one of the branches and Pretty soon you start seeing all these really white flowers, tiny little white flowers that pop up on this um, little, it's like a little saucer almost. Mm -hmm. And it's probably only about that big. The biggest that I've seen is like that big. Okay. Is that like four or five inches in diameter, six inches in diameter? Mm -hmm. Um, And so the white flowers come on in the spring and then it's kind of cool because then the flowers actually die back. And when the flowers die back, then you start seeing the little little balls start forming in the space of the flower. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know all the technical jargon. I'm sure that the bees have to come and pollinate things in order for the, the berry to actually start growing. Um, But the berry starts growing in that space. And then again, you have as it grows throughout the summer and into the fall, you start seeing the elder berries, which is the little balls that grow and they they're tiny at the beginning. They could just get a little bit bigger, but they're not very big at all. By the time that they're full maturity, full grown, probably half an inch. Yeah. Not even an inch, something like that. Tiny, like maybe even a centimeter or I don't know. They're just, they're little berries, Mm -hmm. but they're really dark, dark. I want to say black, really, really rich, dark blue, purpley color when they're ripe before they turn ripe, they kind of are a red green, any variation of a green color or a red color, um, anyway so it's just and, and sometimes you get like a, a bunch of elderberries that isn't fully ripe just like all things like grapes like some things are ripe and other things are not fully ripe at the same time so that's um that's kind of the growing process of an elderberry bush and the cool thing you can use different parts of the of the of the plant in different medicinal ways which I think is what we're gonna dive into a little bit more today nice. because the health food store right it's like Why are people putting all these packages out with elderberry stuff in it? So
0: that's a good point. I mean, like you go to the health food store or any store really, and you go down the aisle way of the medication and you're going to see elderberry cough drops, elderberry cough syrup, elderberry, you know, all sorts of things, all sorts of products that have elderberries in them. Absolutely. They're expensive, right? yes I'm sure they work and they support your body but but right. you're going to pay 15 to 20
1: dollars per yep. exactly 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 and so <laughs> um i feel so blessed because i think the last few years as i've been learning a lot more about herbs and natural remedies and things like i've just been surrounded by people that talk about elderberries and from like harvesting them from their backyards or from the wild or wherever and then what to do with them yeah and the only yeah. Thing i think i've been exposed really to buying things at the
0: store yeah. is a bad thing right? Right, right right and really if i was traveling and in a pinch i would
1: totally buy those products you know absolutely absolutely but it's way more economical to to learn about the elderberry mm. plant and to make some things at home in order to help support your health so absolutely love it um yeah so there's lots of like all things with herbs and natural remedies and things. There's not, I don't want to say conflicting information out there, but they're not like definitive answers, right. Of like, for sure, this thing impacts this in the body. Right. And so um, we're not claiming anything here. So make sure that you're taking personal responsibility for your health Um, do your own research, make sure you're making the right choices for you Mm -hmm. and really, we're just pulling this information from what we have learned ourselves online and different Google searches. So research it, do what feels best for you. Absolutely. Um, Having said that, though, elderberries
0: are very well known to support the immune system. So I personally feel confident using them in that way. It's I do too. It's been done for a
1: really long time. Yeah. I do too. I do too. Um, some other things that have been found in elderberries is that they're high in different types of nutrients. They're high in vitamin C, which is we know from lots of different science and research that vitamin C is really important to help support our immune system. Yeah. Um, also really high in fiber, different phenolic acids, flavanols and a couple other nutrition nutrients that are important for our body. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but like the dark, like the dark fruits and things are really good. Like, we need to eat the full color, the full spectrum of colors, right? Mm-hmm. And elderberries fall into that really rare category that like blueberries fall into mm-hmm. um, because of their dark, black, purpley color. Yeah. Colors. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: accidents, right? So, super cool. Um, Lara mentioned that they really help to support our immune system. Um, I personally, when I'm starting to feel a little bit of a cold symptom, I pop my elderberry stuff in my mouth and start getting it into my body. And they've done research about people that um, like they've looked at different people that are sick, right. And like two separate groups, the one group that gave some elderberry extract, the other group, they didn't. And the people that were taking the elderberry products just got fat. They got better quicker than the people that didn't. So it just helps to support the healing process in the body. Right. Which Mm -hmm. hello, who doesn't want that? Mm-hmm. Um, we already mentioned antioxidants. They're super good. Um, there's some inf- interesting information that they may be good for heart health and helping to support, um, your digestive flow, like moving your bowel movements through things like that. So interesting things about the elder, elderberry plant um, that are really, really cool. So lots of things to learn, but, um, let's dive into what do we do? Like, what do we actually do with them, um, Laura? Have you ever made any elderberry things on, in your own? I feel like, I'm um, a newbie when it comes okay. to elderberries.
0: Yeah. Um, I've done a few things, and I've mostly just bought dried onla- dried elderberries online. Cool. Experimented with those. So, um, cool. That I usually just buy mine on Amazon. Awesome. We'll share where she gets hers from. But I like to just buy a pound of them on Amazon. And there's two brands that I trust on there. They're both organic and um and really good quality. So Frontier Co-op is one and then Star West Botanicals is the other yeah. one. And I checked the prices. They're both about $23 a pound. Oh two, great. A pound of dried elderberries for $23. And it's gonna make a ton. Wow. Yes. Ton of elderberry products for you so Absolutely. pretty much the only thing I've done um I've made an elderberry syrup and that was my favorite recently so and then I've also made another version of that and I've added some um like gelatin to it and I've mm-hmm. made little tiny like gummies
1: I've done that in the past I forgot that I've done that in the past.
0: Yeah, for that one you need some kind of a mold, or you can just like put it in a pan like you would make Jello, and just right. cut into little pieces. That's something like, right. that. and I like to pop those into the freezer. Yeah, and then um, and then I can just pull them out as needed, and we can just take those when we need them. Then I have it on hand. Um, but the elderberry syrup is one of the simplest things you can do. You just take your dried elderberries, put them in a saucepan. And put in like double the amount of water. So whatever amount you put in for elderberries, you're going to double your water amount. You don't have to be super precise with it. And then you cook it for 20 minutes, strain out the elderberries, and then um, add in some raw honey. And then you have elderberry syrup. That's all you have to do. Um, Usually my ratio on that when when I'm done with the, the liquid when I strain out my elderberries, I have about a cup and a half of water to half a cup of honey. So that's kind of a good ratio for what you're looking for, for sweetness, but you can adjust the sweetness down or up if you want to. So yeah, absolutely. fantastic to give to kids because they love it. It's so yummy. Like it's super sweet. They like taking it. So
1: that's something that I give my kids. Absolutely, and I loved how you talked about like the different ratios, right? Like I've never thought about elderberry syrup honestly from a ratio perspective. Mm-hmm. I love I love learning those things because that feels really empowering to understand. Like this is the ratio. Right? I just follow a recipe and I follow a recipe, so that just helped empower me. Like ah, ratios. Following recipes is really good as you're learning for sure. So, yeah. Cool. One thing that I that I've always seen in the recipes that I love adding into my elderberry syrup is um, a cinnamon stick or just dried cinnamon. For I sure. also like to add in some cloves and then ginger. So if you don't, um, I always just buy a, a like a fresh ginger root at the grocery store when I'm there. Um, so I always have some on hand. And so I love to just throw that in with my elderberry syrup because what the cinnamon and the cloves and the ginger does, do is they infuse into that elderberry liquid mm-hmm. and they add some really solid healing properties as well. Sure, so, Yeah. You can add citrus in. I
0: like to add like some dried rose hips, which are also really high. Yeah. in
1: That's a great, I've never thought about that. I'm going to do that next time I make elderberry syrup. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, you, I mentioned that I cook my elderberries. Do you want to talk about why we need to cook them? Yes. Let's talk about that. So um, like I was mentioning lots of different cool things that we can do with the elderberry plant in general. So we're just talking about the berry right now that is primarily harvested in the fall time. Um, And you can also, we'll talk about the elder flower in just a minute, but as we harvest, whether you buy the dried um, ingredients from an online source or from the grocery from the health food store or wherever you get them i also love mountain rose herbs they're a phen- phenomenal resource for dried herbs and all sorts of things Absolutely. they have elder, them elder um, they often have elderberries in stock so um yes and okay so why was i saying that <laughs> because well you gotta cook the berries cook them thank you i was like why was i talking about that so you get you get your dried or you get your dried berries Um, or if you harvest them from the wild, you're going to have fresh berries, but really there's, um, there's some interesting components to the elderberry plant and the elderberry itself. There's actually some, some toxins in the berry and the leaves and the branches, I think as well, that we, that tell us that we don't want to eat this plant raw, Um, And so if you do end up eating it raw, it's not going to kill you. So it's not something that's like crazy, I mean, crazy scary, but it may cause some digestive discomfort. Um, So we definitely don't recommend eating it raw. I've never done it. I'm not going to do it, not planning on it anytime soon. But as long as we cook the elderberries and the parts of the elder, elder plant that we're using, then it reduces that toxin and it makes it 100% 100% okay for us to consume and ingest. Yeah, i in turn-
0: heard that the red variety has a lot more of the toxin in it. Oh, uh, so, right, because So when you right. get your elderberries, make sure you get the ones that are called the black, or like in the, in the name of it, it says Negro or something like that, right? Like, I forget the actual name. I can look it up here real quick, but um, anyway, yeah, so make sure you get the black variety
1: of elderberries. Cool. I hadn't even thought about that. So yeah, that's a really good consideration. Boca um, so, is what it's called. Okay. That makes sense. That's the word for black. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so we get our elderberries dried or fresh form and we cook them and we add all the yummy good things to it as we want. Um, one thing with the elder syrup idea is to... Um, cool your liquid down once you strain out all the physical parts of it um to cool your liquid down especially if you're using raw honey because you don't want to heat up your raw honey because then you lose all those amazing properties from your raw honey so make sure that you add that in. and then i don't know about you Lara, like i keep my elderberry syrup in my fridge just in like a mason jar and i i only drink like that's what i do too like a tablespoon or two depending on my symptoms um, once a day, a couple times a day, you can drink every day just to keep yourself in a really good healthy space. But I usually I'm not that diligent. So I just usually use it when I'm starting to not feel super hot right? or in all time, like when people generally get sick and, gen- you know, overall. So that's when I usually I just keep my in my fridge and I just sip it. Yep. Like
0: yep. take a sip every day.
1: <laughs> and, um, how long does yours last? Have you noticed how long it lasts? um
0: i would think it would last for a month or two
1: mm-hmm yep that's not about right yeah that's usually about how long mine lasts which sounds really weird and crazy right but um but it does i've had some elderberry syrup in the fridge that i forgot about and it was probably about three-ish maybe more months that it started growing some mold on the top and i was like oh it's time to throw you away so pretty well so yeah absolutely absolutely So, yeah. And I loved your idea of doing the gummies. I'd forgotten about that. That's such a fun idea to give to your kids. Make it just a fun little take
0: unflavored gelatin and you just follow the directions on that package. Yep. Your liquid ratio and
1: just make jello really Mm -hmm. cool. Such a cool idea. One thing that I actually did just recently is after, because in the past I've made elderberry syrup and I just threw away all of the physical discard, right? Like the stuff that you strain out, which is all the elderberry the actual berries right and the cloves and the ginger and everything this last time that i made it i actually decided you know what maybe i'm going to keep all that so i actually just re-dehydrated all of it into the clumps so uh-huh. if you don't have a dehydrator, just throw it on a cookie sheet pan and throw it in your oven at a low very very low temperature or put it in a room where there's a lot of sunlight so it can just slowly dehydrate it dehydrate and once it's fully dehydrated, I just put it in a bag. And then when I'm making some like loose leaf tea or just any type of tea, I actually just add a little clump of that into my tea. So I'm still getting some of those extra benefits of elderberries. So I'm like, that was a cool thing to learn how to do. Fun. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I want to explain just a quick difference. I keep talking about like the dried elderberries versus fresh elderberries. Mm -hmm. And there's just one tiny little difference as Laura explained to us, the ratios up until a couple of weeks ago, I had only ever made elderberry syrup with dried elderberries, which is a great thing to do. They're easy to store. They store for quite a long time. I just actually always keep elderberries in my like food storage thing. I have a package where I keep a lot of herbs and elderberries are always in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always how I've made it. But recently I just harvested my own elderberries from, that were on the plant. So Mm -hmm. we harvested them ourselves, brought them home, took them off the little, little, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. Like you removed all the berries one by one. Um, And then we made some elderberry syrup, but we, we were looking up recipes. A friend of mine and I were working on this together and looked up some recipes and we couldn't believe how little water you needed when you used fresh elderberries. Right. Um, and we're really confused by that um, um, rehydrating basically right yeah there you are yep so as we did it, i was like okay look i mean it'll how many elderberries did we have i think we had like at least two cups of elderberries which was that's a lot like when you're harvesting one elderberry at a time so we i think we had about two cups of elderberries maybe three i can't remember exactly but um and It only required a fourth of a cup of water. Mm. It was just a tiny little splash of water. And I was like, are you kidding me? Mm. So put the lid on, let it start cooking, put all the same ingredients in, right? Like the cinnamon and the clove and the ginger and all the other things that I put in my other elderberry syrup from dried berries. And um, let it go, checked on it like 10, 15 minutes later, pulled the lid off and the whole pot had filled up. With water because all berries were releasing all their juices. And I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So um, it depends on what you're using from the beginning, but I would imagine most people are going to use the dried form. So uh, make sure that you're putting plenty of water in to rehydrate them. Um, but if you're ever deciding to harvest your own berries and starting from scratch, you only need a tiny bit of water in there and the berries will do the rest of the liquid work. Good to know. I know kind of random, huh? Um, one other fun thing that I wanted to share with you guys about elderberries is like the elderflower part. I want to tell you a quick little story of, um, an experience that I had a couple of years ago with, um, learning about the elderflower. So I went up to, um, like an herb making class with a lady here in my local area. Mm -hmm. Um, she's really knowledgeable about herbs and things. And so she was putting on these, hosting these herb classes and I was, I said, yeah, I definitely want to go to that. Um, I can't remember what, what it was called or whatever, but I, I just wanted to show up. And so we went and, um, she taught us how to make a, a tincture that specifically is to help when you are starting to have cold symptoms, colder flu, I mean, not flu, but just like when you're starting to get that, that gunky stuff up here, just head folds, things like that. Um, I had learned about tinctures in the past. And if you don't know what a tincture is in a nutshell, what we do with herbs is we put them in some form of a liquid that actually helps to extract all their medicinal properties. And then we remove the herbs from that liquid and the liquid that's remaining behind is what you take internally. And it helps um, all that medicinal, those medicinal properties to get into your body to help you to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times tinctures are alcohol-based. So you can use vodka, rum, um, all sorts of things. You soak your herbs in that, uh, the alcohol and, and then you consume that herb infused alcohol at the end. And that's basically what a tincture is, but that's sure. one tincture, but that you can also make tinctures out of vegetable glycerin, which I didn't know anything about until I went to this class. And as she was teaching us and I can, I'm not going to share the exact recipe because I can't remember the exact recipe with you guys, but, um, we were making this, this tincture. And she said, we're not going to make it out of alcohol. We're going to make it out of vegetable glycerin. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what we're doing. It was kind of a new experience for me, but um, we, she has like a ton of land. And so we actually went out onto her property to like harvest. It was just in the springtime. So we went to her elderberry bushes and we harvested all the elder flowers in the springtime um, that were the white flowers. And uh, we brought them in and she had already had some, dried peppermint leaves, probably from her property as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we used one other herbal ingredient, which I cannot remember. So I told you I'm not going to have the exact recipe for you. And she showed us the, 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 ratios and things. And we dumped these three, the elderflowers, the peppermint and the other herb that we used into this big pot with the vegetable glycerin. She measured it all out. And then we just let it cook on the stove, I think for just an hour. Hmm it was pretty quick. And then we strained it out and we, the lid that was left behind, which is the tincture um, Mm -hmm. is what we put into these little glass bottles. And she sent us home with that. And I've been using that for the last year and a half for any time that I have gotten sick. And I just think that's a really cool part to understand, like more understanding around the elderberry plant and what we can do with it in different parts and what it how it can help us so it wasn't elderberry specific it was elderflower specific so it's kind of cool
0: yeah different parts of the plant have different properties so that's
1: absolutely so anyway I think that's that's what I have for you do you and Laura I know you just said that you um have you done anything with like vegetable glycerin in the past or have you made tinctures or have you done anything like that
0: again it's something I'm just starting to learn about, but I think vegetable glycerin is one of my new favorites because then I don't have to use the alcohol alcohol version and I can give it to my kids. So that's when when you're making a, it's called a glycerite when you use a vegetable glycerin, it's mm-hmm. sweet. It is sweet. And kids take it more readily and yeah. it, extracts the properties so that's kind of going to be my um my game plan is to make glycerin with herbs so i love that i love that thanks for listening to this episode of the carrot Gal sister chats podcast we invite you to join us in our private facebook group to continue the conversation you can find the group by clicking on the link in the show notes or by visiting carrotgal.com We love to answer questions and see pictures of your gardens and other self-sufficiency projects that you're working on. Come join us in the group. Thanks for listening.